Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as shocking as Lewandowski scoring six points in a six-goal thriller, fantasy advice as dangerous as a Robert Andrich karate kick, and two pundits who wish every match day had just one clean sheet. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening one and all. My name is James Thurgood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 11, and joining me as always, the fantasy fußball got himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, I thought at one point we were both going to end the weekend in the top 100 something that I don't think has ever been the case this deep into a season but alas I have let you down yeah you, and, and that's twofold you let me down James how do, how do, do you m- remember when I forgot to bring on Alario and he scored a brace on Monday evening yeah. and you said afterwards you were going to call me <laughs> to remind me to set my lineup on Monday. <laughs> and then, um, what happened? Why didn't I, you do that on Monday? I, I, oh, I do remember saying that, Flo. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember doing that on Monday. Please tell me you Shame didn't do on it again. You. Yeah, oh, I no. did. <laughs> I've got Cessignon, Baumgartner and Kramaris sitting on my bench, just feeling great. Oh, dear. It's, yeah. Yeah. Nine o'clock at Monday evening, I remembered, and... Like I let out a, a small scream. My wife came running because she saw that like something happened, and I, I just said, "Oh, I forgot to set my lineup again." Yeah. Hey, that's and that's then, huge. That's a devastating blow. Yeah, but I, I was quick to think. I, I, I was uh, like instantly blaming you for it. Yeah, she understood that. That's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. That's I've got two wives that blame me now yeah. for everything. That's fair enough, I guess. Um, but I guess, okay. In the grand scheme of things, I guess the the the, the big takeaway from match day ten was maybe uh, of letting people down because uh, we should probably start this show by apologising for the fact that we didn't do an episode last week. Uh, but we are ready to bounce back this week to help you navigate what is likely to not be one. Not two, but maybe even three match days, because we now have a period um, of three games in the space of seven days or eight days. It's going to be absolutely manic. There's going to be a lot of rotation. And so without further ado, let's get stuck into some listener questions. And we'll start with one from at Prof 96 He says, with the winter break approaching, do any teams and players stand out in the next three game weeks based on their schedule flow? Yeah, I think there are a few teams you can look at schedule-wise. Um, I start with Augsburg. They hosting Schalke now, then traveling to Bielefeld, then it's Frankfurt at home. That's, that's three at least decent and two pretty good matchups starting right now. So Augsburg is interesting. Leipzig, we got Bremen, Hoffenheim and Cologne. There are other issues with Leipzig I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on later. Uh, Gladbach. In the same boat as Leipzig, basically, but they hosting Hertha, then traveling to Frankfurt, then hosting Hoffenheim. It's not as juicy, but I still think it's decent. There's no red flag matchup in there, in my opinion. Hertha, they now traveling to Gladbach, which I don't like. But after that, the last two games are at home against Mainz and then traveling to Freiburg. That's uh, that's enticing uh, for Hertha assets. And then we've got Schalke. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm even allowed to to say that <laughs> well, here on the pod. But <laughs> Schalke has a good schedule. <laughs> I mean, everyone else facing Schalke has a good schedule as well. Probably <laughs> an even better one. But Schalke traveling to Augsburg, then hosting Freiburg, then hosting Bielefeld to close out the year. So, if it's going to happen for Schalke, it has to happen this week. Um. If if they're not 
getting at least five points out of these three games, I, I guess probably it's it's a, a, a too steep a climb to to get back. Uh, on track for Schalke. Yeah, I could I could see that happening. But I will be honest, having written the script for today's show, this will not be the last mention of Schalke in this capacity. I'm sure. Uh, but I like, I like the teams that you've picked out there. I think you've got a great selection to choose from. Um, let's move on to the next listener question. At Bavarian26, he says, I am struggling to have a good midfield. What do you recommend? Also, up front, I have Oot and Kramrich, and I'm thinking of getting rid of both or one. What would you suggest, Flo? Yeah, out of these two guys, I would rather sell Oud um, than Kramaric. I think Kramaric is fine. Though there's a guy on this last match day that like really catch my eye when I uh, took a deep uh, dive into the stats of recent weeks. And I'm I'm going to like, this is a small spoiler, but there's a Leverkusen player up front I really like. Um, so if you want to go that road, then Kramaric has to go. I'm not starting two strikers out of the month. Uh, no, it's a Sunday evening game this time, but uh, the last game of the match day, nonetheless. And I'm not starting two strikers out of this game. Um, but otherwise, I, I'd sell Oud. He could have a good game, but I'm in a boat with Schalke right now. I'm not trusting them unless they show me something. I think that's probably the better road to go even if that means you miss out on a spot where maybe they show you something. But like they they looking so bad right now that I don't want to take a gamble on, on Wood having a good game. Um yeah. And if we if we're talking midfield, uh it's it's really tough because we got a lot of rotation risk. I for me probably Jaden Sancho like Dortmund I feel the safest about. Because they really have to get a win. Uh, they can't play around anymore. They they got two draws in a row. They have to win this game at home against Stuttgart. And I feel like a player like Jaden Sancho is probably pretty safe. A guy like Giovanni Reina. These are like two very good options. I feel good about not being rotated out. Otherwise, Nkunku would be top of my shopping list as well. But I feel between the match against Manchester United and Hoffenheim during uh, the week. This is this is the match at home against Bremen where we'll see the most rotation out of the usual guys. And I, I've, like my feeling is that Angelino is going to sit in this game against Bremen because uh, he has basically played every game. And if Nagelsmann wants to rest in, and he, he recently said he would love to, but is he just like all other guys are injured that he could. But I think he'll come up with something like Hadara playing uh, for Angelino uh, against a side like Bremen. I think Nagelsmann will uh, like. This is my feeling. It's not strong enough that I personally will ship him out. But uh, like I wouldn't be surprised at all if Angelino like isn't even in the match squad for this for this game. So and and that's a theme we've got. Uh, on the last three match days, and it's it's especially concerning uh, with the likes of uh, Leipzig and Gladbach. 
Yeah, we'll talk about them. But I think, I mean, it's fair to say Bavaria in 26, you are not the only one struggling to, to have a good midfield. And I say that having actually scored well with my midfield over the last couple of weekends, but it's a bit of a minefield out there and we're struggling to find the players that are consistently providing points. Um, even someone like Jaden Sancho, he has been on the hot or not list a lot, but never really in the middle where we're not talking about him. And now he seems to be hot again, which is a good thing because I brought him into my squad a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, let's move on then uh, to the next listener question from at Gavin underscore Doyle IE. I'm going to save this first one because we've got a couple of other questions like it. So I'll go with to his second question flow, which is the next three fixtures are nice for Augsburg, Freiburg and Leipzig. They're three teams that you've kind of mentioned already. He said any must-haves other than Caligiuri, Grifo and Angelino. Yeah, but Caligiuri, I don't think is a must-have. I think he's a, he's a good asset uh, to get into. And apart from that, um, I like Günther and Iago in defense. Uh, I think both are viable. And Nkunku and Paulsen, I think probably going to start two out of three games from the last three. And you have to decide for yourself. I, I feel best about Paulsen starting against Bremen because he didn't start in the Champions League. So I expect him to start, but it's no lock. It's no guarantee. But I might be willing to take the risk with Paulsen. Yeah, that's it. I think, I think there's just no guarantees in general right now um, in the fantasy Bundesliga for the most part, especially when it comes to sides in Europe. Well, I think, I mean, with the Caligiuri... Yeah, you can go with Grifo. Yeah. I, I mean, that's why I think Grifo is so valuable. I, I don't expect him to, to get rested, actually. True. So... Yeah. Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are players out there. Maximilian Arnold's another one. I'm pretty sure he's going to play every single game. Valt Weghorst is another. You know, there are players that it might be worth bringing into your team purely because they do almost guarantee the next three games. And I would try and pack out your squads with as many of them as you can with the three transfers that you are allowed this week. Um, but Grifo's definitely top of the list. I think Caligiuri, I'd, I'd call him a must-have because he is, of the Augsburg side, he is the top prospect i think he's if you're going to dip into the augsburg market he's top of your list right yeah in midfield definitely i think you can make an argument that a defender like iago may be more valuable than caligiuri because we've got more options in midfield uh, in my opinion who are worth a punt than uh at the defense and and in iago is much cheaper so uh yeah but these are the these are probably the only two options. If Grigoric were st still a midfielder, I would be interested in signing him, but he's the striker in the game, and I'm not like not interested in Grigoric or Niederlechner for that matter. No, Niederlechner doesn't look like he's going to score all season the way he's playing right yeah. now, unfortunately. Like I said, I'm s staying away from Schalke, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but then uh, let's talk about some other strikers because that was the first part of Gavin's question. Uh, he was asking with Cruiser injured and Cunha out suspended, who are the best options up top? He says he has Lever and Veghorst. He's asking about a double for Bayern, but there was also the question from uh, Masieszko uh, this week that said uh, best forward for the next few match days excluding Lewandowski and Kramerich. So where are you at with the strikers right now, Flo? Um, that's tough. I, like, I'm, I'm letting the cat out of the back now. Like, the striker I'm, I really like is Leon Bailey by Leverkusen. He's actually not that expensive, 12.9 million. And over the last five games, he uh, had a direct hand in 29 shots. That's the most uh, of every Bundesliga player. Um, that's great. I expect him to start. Leverkusen has some some issues. Um, 
they don't like we recording before the Europa League, but they don't have to win this game. They already threw to the knockout stages. So I think he's going to get rested and then he's able to go against Hoffenheim. And, and that's the reason why uh, I think uh, Bailey is a really, really good um, pick. And it's not just Bailey, it's like the whole team. Uh, Leverkusen had 82 shots on goal the last five match days. That's also the most in the Bundesliga. Uh, compare that. Bayern is sitting at 61. So if you're thinking why is a production missing from the Bayern assets, they're just not getting shots uh, at goal. And that's what Leverkusen is doing. And um, Bailey, like, uh, he he's involved in more than uh, a third of all shots on goal of Leverkusen. Bailey has a direct hand in it. So He's on top of my shopping list. It's just a problem with Kramaric. Uh, if you have Kramaric, so you, if you bring in Bailey, you got two strikers out of this game. I'm like, I'm, I personally don't like it, but I, I, I think it's viable if you want to do it. You, you can. Other guys that look at is uh, Yusuf Paulsen and Alassane Player. These are the two. And if you want to have some certainty, uh, you definitely can think about uh, Vechost or even Silva on the Friday evening game because they are uh, involved in a lot of shots too. And you just know that they are in the starting lineup. Yeah, it's an interesting one with me with the strikers. Like I, I was so happy and, and very glad that I jumped on the Valt Vigors train when I did because it seemed like a very good time to get on. And he has been a, a great source of points. And if anything, if I'd had more faith in him, not this weekend, but the weekend before and kept my captain or my star man on him, uh, he'd have, he'd have delivered even more for me. Um, now I personally have Vigors, Lewandowski and Cramrich. I'm looking to get Cramrich out of my side this week. Um, interestingly, because I don't like Hoffenheim's last three games, Leverkusen Leipzig and Gladbach and I know he's probably capable of scoring in those games as well but I'd rather try and pick a striker that I think is going to be more guaranteed um, and and he's been a bit quiet the last couple of games Andre uh, it didn't quite pay off the way I was expecting to against uh, Mainz and Augsburg but hey that's how these things uh, roll sometimes but the striker game is a, is a tricky one and I like the names that Flo has thrown out admittedly I did not have Bailey on my radar so uh, one to maybe watch out for me neither. It, it was really, I looked at the stats and said, wow. Uh, <laughs> and like, I, he's performing in, in, uh, in fantasy as well. It's not just like, but the stats are mounting up. Yep. And I think it's like Leverkusen, you have to have a, uh, some involvement right now because they're really clicking. And they they uh, they just producing fantasy points uh, through the way they're playing. And like Wurtz, in midfield, I think is a lock right now. You have to have him. He's he's actually also top five in shots involvement in the last five games. So I clipped out um, the stats uh, just to see how the the form is. Because sometimes I think if you have the overall season stats, it can be a bit misleading. Because like what's ha what happened on the second match day is not as important anymore than what happened in the in the last match days. And I, I think it's sometimes good to take a, a step back and, and view just a smaller sample for uh, your uh, analyzing the uh, how, how it's going in the Bundesliga. And uh, Wirtz, 24 shots on goal, on um, uh, involvement in 24 shots 
uh, at goal. 19 come from passes to a shot. So that's definitely, I with Bailey, if he sets up shots or is taking them himself, it's no difference points-wise because he gets two points for every two shots he's involved in, no matter what. With Words, it's a bit different because he's not getting off as many shots himself. He's sitting at five, so one per game on average. Um, but he gave 19 passes to a shot in the last five games. That's just amazing. and uh, So that's why, uh, in combination with his price tag, I... I think he's a, he's a must. Yeah, love it. Love the reasoning as well. Um, okay, let's move on to the next listener question uh, from someone we haven't heard from in a while, actually, on the show, but it's nice to hear from him. Uh, Korosh, for you, uh, he's got two pretty quick questions, Flo, but I'll bundle the second one uh, with the next listener question. So the first one, nice and easy, is Renov fit? We don't know yet. That, that's kind so of the problem, isn't it? <laughs> that's just the answer we can give you. So, yeah, that's it. I yeah. mean, But I'm, I'm not like, if if he's not fit, like, I'm not doing a goalkeeper transfer. No. Like, we have three match days now. Then it's the winter break. We get unlimited transfers. And I'm I'm not swapping my goalkeeper right now if I have, like, very important other transfers to do in my squad. I'm not doing that. So no, c- couldn't agree more. I, I'm, I'm happy if he plays. If not, so be it. That's that's the way I handle it. Yeah, that's it. You can you can kind of survive it for three matches, can't you? Uh, worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh, the second part of Korosh's question, he asked, is player, you've mentioned him already, but Alassane player, is he safe to pick or is he a rotation risk? And I'll bundle this with the next question from at J underscore C underscore zero seven, who says, what do we do with Gladbach assets? They seem to be rotation risk, but they do have the flexibility. Uh, so he's asking sell, buy or keep. Um. I think player starts two out of three games until Christmas. That will be my take. And I, I think it might be worth getting him in, knowing that and just swallowing the pill because he's like, he's great. He's a great player. I, um, I, I really, really like his uh, style of play. And uh, depend, like this is true for all other Gladbach assets. I think... There are some places like Florian Neuhaus, I could maybe see uh, starting three out of three uh, until Christmas, but he's a bit expensive with 13 million and not as involved in the attacking play as we might like. But if you want a safer pick, a somewhat safer pick, uh, I think he would be the route. I think the most likely to get rotated out again is Lars Stindl. And uh, like, I'm. Um, we talked about it last time we recorded and I said it on the show that I feel he's going rotated out and then every predicted lineup had him in the starting lineup and that's at the end why I didn't pull the trigger to sell him and yeah after that I felt well you you like I felt so sure that he's going to rotate it out and and then I thought oh all these journalists covering the team think he's going to play so maybe I I'm wrong and yeah sometimes Maybe I should trust my, my guts a bit more uh, regarding to that. So maybe it's time to sell Angelino then because, yeah, that, <laughs> that's <laughs> my gut feeling. Like, I got that feeling I got last time with Wichtindl, I got with Angelino now. now but don't do it because if he plays and you sold him, well, you, you look so stupid. No. <laughs> so, 
That's, yeah. that, that is the problem yeah. against Bremen yeah. as well at home. Oh, that's not the game to do it when he's uh, banging in the goals yeah. and setting up them uh, but, as well as uh, often yeah. as he is. Yeah, with I, most Gladbach assets, I think you have to swallow the pill. Um, we have to, like, with, if you've got Oscar Wendt, you could be safe because we're not sure if Ben Zabaini, maybe we get news un, uh, until the weekend if he's able to play or not. If not, I think that, that Wendt will definitely start. So uh, he would be a safe pick out of Gladbach yeah that's it he came off at half time against Real Madrid last night but the uh, assumption was it was tactical not uh, injury related I mean interestingly with with Gladbach's assets I sold all three of mine last week I got rid of Stindl I got rid of Liner I got rid of Vent um, and on the whole yeah the transfers I made did work out better for me than those three Gladbach assets would have Stindl was the the one slight disappointment because he actually did play well and was involved in shots and things like that Vent and Liner were fine um, I made the mistake of actually bringing in Rafael Guerrero because I made one of those last minute moves oh, on Friday night right before my, I was about to I commentate. tweeted it out, James. No, oh, I didn't. I did. That was the problem. I, I I made the decision in a rush right before I was about to go live on air to commentate the Friday night game, and I didn't. I didn't check the last team news. And the last time I looked, yeah. kicker Guerrero yeah. was in the starting James, lineup. You, you should set so an alarm that you get a notification every time <laughs> I tweet something out. I'm actually disappointed that you you haven't done that. <laughs> I'm letting you down on all fronts today. Then, yeah. <laughs> dear me, I can't I can't do anything right. This is terrible. No, I maybe I should do that. But uh, yeah, I had a lot going on on Friday, <laughs> so it's just one it's of those. It's not a maybe, but yeah. But hey, come, I'd, I'd, come I'd on, rather have, I'd rather have brought in Guerrero um, than left Baumgartner, Sessegnon, and Kramerick from my bench. I'll be honest, not to not yeah. <laughs> not to rub that one in too much. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> okay, well then let's move swiftly on to the next question. Uh, it is from at Republica FPL. Uh, he says, considering his involvement in the last match, should we keep faith in Sancho now that Haaland is still out? That's a yes for me. I already said it. They, uh, Dortmund has to win this game. I, I think Sancho is uh, like his his arrow is pointing upwards. I, I agree. I agree. And the second part of Republica FPL's question was: He says that now that Davies is back, should we consider dropping Hernandez uh, for an Augsburg or Freiburg defender for the next three? If yes, which ones do you recommend? I, I have a feeling I know who you're going to recommend. But yeah, oh, we already talked about Günther and Iago, but. Maybe I would hold my horses with Hernandez for one more game because Davis played in the Champions League. He was swapped out after 70 minutes and Hernandez came on. That shows me like he's not back to 100%. And after playing on Wednesday, I can't see him getting a start at Union on Saturday. So I, I definitely expect Hernandez to keep his starting job at least for that game in, at Union and maybe look to swap him out uh, during the week. Yeah, that uh, might be a, a good option. I, mean, I think this debate, the Davies-Hernandez debate, will be stronger second half of the season in 2021, of course, um, but one to keep an eye on. Okay, final listener question from part one before we break down the fixture list. And this should be a nice, simple one for you, Flo. At FF underscore Vader says, Vent, Hernandez, Stindl, Brekolo, Rurnov. Which two would you prioritize dropping? Uh, definitely not Rurnov. We already uh, talked about it. Uh, Stindl and Vent, probably. If Benzabaini is good to go. Brekolo, definitely not. He's playing on a Friday evening. He's, he uh, has shown some good form. Frankfurt like has shown that they are kind of leaky at the back. So um, 
I, I wouldn't drop Recalo. I, I, I actually, out of these, Rano and Stindl is the only guy I would really definitely consider dropping because I expect, like, like last time, I don't expect him um, to start after playing at Madrid on Wednesday. That's just my feelings. So uh, all other options are fine. Then you maybe can even go with Renault if like your your team is loaded. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, but yeah. I'd agree with you. I think I think Stindl and maybe closely followed by Vent would be my priorities there um, for, for obvious reasons. And yeah, Brecklow, if you went for Brecklow over Arnold for Wolfsburg's run of games, I think you've certainly uh, benefited quite well there, even if he hasn't necessarily been involved in a goal every game. He's at least picking up very good fantasy points. And on that note, we will leave it there for part one because Brecklow and Wolfsburg will be the team that we kick off part two with when we break down the fixed list. So join us then. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Let's kick things off with the match day 11 fixture list starting on the Friday night. Wolfsburg against Frankfurt. Uh, now it is a battle of two star strikers. Weghorst and Silva have both scored 16 times in 2020. But it is worth noting that in this particular head-to-head, Frankfurt have won three of their last 15 league outings against Wolfsburg. So Wolfsburg at home and maybe favoured the question is, Flo, this is a Friday night game, so I assume this is a, a very simple yes, but this is a game worth investing in, right? Because goals should be expected in this one. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, um, I, I like Friday evening matches more where I got a better feeling how the game is shaping up because I feel it's, it's pretty even. It can go both ways. Uh, so I'm not that sure where I want to invest in. It might actually even be the Frankfurt side if you want to buy player, players from this match because Wolfsburg is traveling to Munich uh, during the week. I, I'd rather go the Frankfurt route and that's uh, Silver then up front. He's also uh, pretty much involved in everything that's happening uh, up front for Frankfurt. And with Kamada, you have a, a pretty good midfielder also to back it up. So if you don't have... A, Wolfsburg midfielder like Brekolo or Arnold, I actually might prefer Kamada over them just because uh, of the next match day uh, during the week. Because, I mean, Frankfurt is playing Gladbach. That's not the best matchup, but it's, it's all right. And I like, if, if we, we, we saw Gladbach really struggle at Madrid, um, maybe it's just that the, the, the tank is empty. Uh, for them and they just trying to get something out of it before Christmas but maybe it's not the worst matchup in the world to play Gladbach after like five uh, uh, English Woche in a row and uh, so I, I like Frankfurt for that reason only for that reason if we just look at this match alone maybe I uh, would give the slight nod to Wolfsburg but uh, I always prefer to s- to uh, sink ahead and not digging me too many holes in my squad. And I feel if you've got Vejos, Brecalo and uh, Lacroix, for instance, you, you're not feeling great with these three guys <laughs> traveling to Munich. 
No, no, I, I'll admit I've got Arnold instead of Breccolo, but I'm not. I'm not feeling great about that Munich game. And my question right now is whether I shift one of them out this weekend or whether I maybe take the gamble and try and get rid of all three of them the weekend after. Um, you could always leave Lacroix in because he's a cheap defender, so I don't wouldn't necessarily mind uh, that sacrifice. But yes, no, it is a tricky position to be in with the Wolfsburg players. And that Tuesday night early kickoff for Frankfurt is such an edge in the midweek matches. I don't think that can be understated enough because I think those are the games and the midweek matches, these English of Ocha, where we see a heavy amount of rotation. There have been times where I haven't been able to get 11 players out on the pitch with points because I've been caught out by that rotation. I'm wary of that this weekend uh, and during the week. So, yeah, if you can then obviously have players that get confirmed in a starting lineup on the early kickoff on Tuesday, it is a, a huge, huge advantage. So, Definitely. Um, yeah, I would, I would agree with Flo's assessment. And to be honest, I might even, if I don't, take out one of my Wolfsburg players this weekend, I might still even bring in a Frankfurt player anyway. Uh, that is part of my thinking. Uh, we've mentioned a fair few of the players that are involved in this game, but is there a punt on Friday night that you haven't mentioned yet, Flo, that you like the look of maybe? We talked about World Cup winner Eric Dorn before <laughs> on the show, and I, I think he's he's one for 3.4 million. I had Otavio on my list as well. He came on the last two games, uh, replacing Roussillon during game. And it's not that common that the left back gets swapped out during during the match. It, it shows me that Glasner maybe is not as satisfied with Roussillon and that he's thinking about making a switch there now that Otavio is back to 100%. So I, I don't think it's uh, out of the question that he actually starts. And he's less than 8 million. But all in all, like we just talked about uh, what's the, the next game of Wolfsburg, and uh, you have to be careful about bringing in a Wolfsburg player. But just for this match day, Otavio would be a good differential pick if he's in a starting lineup. Yeah, a one and done punt for some of you out there that maybe don't have a lot of budget to work with or don't have any involvement in this game already. I thought it was worth yeah. highlighting, definitely. Yeah. Okay, let's... If you don't have Wolfsburg players, it's totally fine. Oh, yeah, definitely. Going there. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, let's move on to the Saturday afternoon kickoffs then. We'll start with Dortmund against Stuttgart. Now, Dortmund have suffered five defeats in seven home Bundesliga matches played behind closed doors, while Stuttgart, they are still unbeaten on foreign soil since returning to Germany's top flight this season. They have three wins and two draws to their name at flow. Tough game to call, but there should be fantasy points in this one. Uh, you said Dortmund need to win. Are you picking a player from their ranks? Yeah, I'm going with Giovanni Reina for 8.3 million. I, I think he's cheap enough, so I don't mind the double up with Sancho just because like, there are not a lot of players with his potential in his price range. The only other guy is Wurz. And I, I think having Wurz and Reina opens up a lot of possibilities in your squad. And um, I feel that Reina is very close to being an every week starter for uh, Favre. Um, and that's the reason why I can't overlook that, uh, at that at his price tag. The other guy I would love is Rafa Guerrero. Um, so I mentioned him, 15.1. Like, Favre is famous for not saying anything at the pressers. They, they, the, the, like the most useless <laughs> pressers... Uh, of all Bundesliga <laughs> clubs are the Dortmund presses. You just you basically could skip them. It's it's just a waste of time. But uh, 
if for some reason he feels like letting us know that Guerrero is good to go, uh, he would be a priority for me for 15.1. But I, I highly doubt that we get some kind of confirmation before Friday evening and then it's too late. Yeah, I think that's my problem. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I brought in Guerrero last week and he's a massive headache because I also do have the same gut feeling as Flo does about Angelino um, this weekend. So I've got two two very high ticket defenders in my ranks that might not play this weekend, which doesn't please me. And it really does make me regret not having notifications turned on for Flo's tweets <laughs> because it could have spared me a lot of grief um, last week. Okay, let's move on to Gladbach against Hertha, the next game. Uh, now for Gladbach, of course, coming off the back of that defeat, but a historic uh, first ever Champions League knockout stage berth in the Bundesliga. Uh, they have thrown away points from a winning position on five occasions already this season, but they are unbeaten in their last five home games and have won six of their last seven against Hertha, which does bode well. Where are we looking here, Flo? Yeah, I think we talked about every Gladbach player that's viable. My favorite choice would be Alassane player but he's also coming with more risk than the other guy I mentioned is Florian Noyles for 30 million I think he's a great player I mean uh, a good friend Archie Reinter tweeted out that if he like uh, when he grow, grows up he wants to be a Neuhaus ball. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what he said and they're, they're very yeah. sexy let's be honest yeah they're very yeah, sexy I think that um, sums it okay, up okay you are right we yeah. have we have talked about yeah. Gladbach a fair bit but for me, I, I don't think he has the best value for your money because he's priced at 13 million. Um, but since we mentioned player that often, that's why I throw out Neuhaus. But like, I probably won't go there myself. Yeah, I think, uh, yes, I would be surprised. And maybe I just want to bring up what Archie uh, <laughs> tweeted. So. Well, I mean, it is also, we made the point with Frankfurt that if you buy Frankfurt players, you have them for that Tuesday uh, early kickoff slot. Yeah. Same goes for Gladbach um, as well. So that, yes, there are rotation risks in there for Gladbach, but you will have confirmation of the lineups in midweek for them, which may Very help good point. the cause. Okay, let's talk yeah. about two teams we haven't really touched on. Oh, I say that, Freiburg we have. Um, they have an actually won at home this season and are without a win in nine league outings since their match day one triumph over Stuttgart. It's their longest drought in six years. But a question on a Bielefeld player who uh, stole some of the headlines last weekend, Flo Ritsu Doan uh, at Bayfal Bayman09 is asking for our opinion on having Ritsu Doan as a midfield pick. Um, is he worth the value to spend on? Yeah, why not? I, I personally prefer probably other targets because I don't trust Bielefeld that much. But actually, a, a listener uh, uh, <laughs> said that Doan was a great pick last weekend, So, and he brought in him, so kudos. Uh, I, I don't have the Twitter handle ready, but that's definitely uh, was a great call. And uh, diff uh, Bielefeld changed up what they did. They usually played in a 4-3-3. I changed it up to a 4-4-2, and um, they looked more lethal attacking-wise, and that Definitely is something where Doan can benefit, but I still prefer the Freiburg side over the, the Bielefeld side in this one. But I, I think it's totally viable and definitely differential. But in this game, like there's a, there's a pick I'm like, I'm really intrigued by. And that's Aramidin Demirovic of Freiburg. He's, he's a striker, only 6.9, had his first really good game. Uh, as a Freiburg player uh, against Gladbach, 
got praised by Christian Streich. I feel pretty strong about him keeping his starting berth uh, for Freiburg. And he's so cheap. And I think he can deliver against Bielefeld. So he he's differential. I, I think it's an enticing matchup and he's really cheap. So three components I like. And if you're like if you've got some money issue up front, I wouldn't mind at all going with Demirovic as my third striker. Yeah, I think I think he's a very interesting pick. The way he's kicked on the last couple of games, I, I agree with you. I think the only issue I have, and I I don't know whether this is maybe one that a lot of other people are having, but this season flow, I almost feel like I have too much money in the fantasy game. Right, the other last couple of seasons, you've been like, oh, I wish I had that extra million to maybe bring in another buy in midfielder. But with so many of the high ticket midfield assets not really reaching their full potential, with so many forwards you only have three forwards and yet some of the most or most of the most expensive players in the game are all strikers are all forwards in the game you know and so then you're limited for choice up there and then in the back line it really is kind of angelino guerrero from the high ticket players on, on, and that's about it so there's a lot of free cash floating around in the in the game so i'd be surprised if people do need to save a buck to get in demirovic but i do like him as a pick that's no doubt about it um let's move on to the next game because yeah there's a player in this game that i am very interested in and i can see that you've already him down as your player pick, so I want to get on to him. Um, this is Mainz against Köln. Uh, now, Köln may be on a club record run of 21 games without a clean sheet, but they do have the league's tightest defence away from home, conceding just four goals in the current campaign. Now, this is an intriguing fixture flow. Uh, a relegation six-pointer, I think, is the way it can be classified. So a lot on the line doesn't necessarily mean there will be a lot of fantasy points, but there are some interesting players to pick from in this fixture. Yes, definitely. And um, uh, I think my Teta and Boetius um, are, are both viable on the mind side. Um, but my player pick is Andre Duda for Cologne, 7.6 million. I think he's getting on pretty well. If he's getting back Anderson as a target man uh, up front, that, that actually might uh, help him even more because uh, of his set-piece duties. And uh, I think he's a, he's a great value pick and I, I personally prefer the Cologne side, although it has to be said that, that Cologne, the last two fixtures of uh, this year are not looking that great because they're hosting Leverkusen and then traveling to Leipzig. And uh, Mainz is, is traveling to Hertha uh, during the week and then they're closing out the match day at home against Werder Bremen. So you actually could bring a Mainz player and keep him until Christmas. But still, just for this match, uh, for me, Duda would be the uh, my my first pick. Yeah, no, I, I think you know, there's there's a lot of value in an out of position midfielder that is doing well up front, and he has talked about the fact that he likes playing in this more advanced role, and it does seem to be working out uh, well for Köln. And uh, let's also be honest, Andre Duda, even if he has a bit of a dud game always has set pieces in his back pocket as well, which is something worth uh, remembering. Let's move on to the final uh, 3.30 kickoff. Leipzig against Bremen. Leipzig are the only team in this season's Bundesliga with 100% home record. Five wins from five. Great for Bremen, uh, especially when you also consider that Bremen have never picked up a point in four attempts away to Leipzig. So this seems like a bit of a foregone conclusion. We have mentioned a few Leipzig assets already, but uh, who do you want to highlight again, Flo? First, I want to get a like a quiz trivia uh, James do you know like there's another town where Bremen hasn't picked up any points apart from Leipzig in the long Bundesliga history so you all you guys 
can also think about which club that might be where they never did pick up a point. Is it Union Berlin? Is it? I mean, okay. No, it's Ulm. Oh, it's Ulm. It's okay. Ulm. <laughs> But they only play once at all. That's it. So, <laughs> that's why, that's yeah. why I went with Union. I was like, maybe, but I couldn't remember what the score was in Union last season. Yeah. So. All on Leipzig in this one, but the player pick is tough and because of all the rotation we're going to expect. Um, I'd go with Yusuf Paulsen for 11.4 million. Um, but I think most of the picks are, are, are definitely viable on the Leipzig side. We talked about Angelino and how, how we feel about it. We'll we'll see. Yeah, that's it. And I think I think we've dedicated many an episode to the Olmo and Kunku yeah. debate, which still I think is still exactly the same as it was about seven weeks ago. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. And if yeah, it's one of those. That's the type of game. If only we knew the lineup, right? Then it would be it would be all in on Leipzig assets, but you just don't. So you have to take it with a bit of caution. Okay, let's talk about Union against Bayern. It's the Saturday evening game. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I'd have talked about Union giving being ready to give Bayern a good run for their money because I was right about the bandwagon. Going to be a little tougher this weekend. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, some stats first. Only Bayern have scored more goals than Union this season, but the Berlin club have a better defensive record, conceding just 14 times in 10 games. Meanwhile, Lewandowski uh, has scored once in each of his two Bundesliga appearances against Union. Right now, he's on a bit of a, a goal-scoring uh, dry spell for him. It's, it's very un- uncharacteristic for the prolific pole, but that is the reality we're dealing with. The thing is, Flo, I mentioned Union they're a gritty side they've impressed us greatly this season but they are missing their two arguably most key players for this game Andre suspended for three games for kicking Tussar in the head uh, and Cruiser out injured so that's a big or two huge losses for Union and that makes us feel that the chances of them getting a result here or any fantasy points of value uh, is probably pretty slim right? Yeah uh, I agree there and I, I still would stick with Lewandowski but it's not just the goal scoring, he's not involved in as many shots as he used to at the moment. But I think that can change. And I believe it will be like Union will be hard pressed to um, be able to yeah, get something going attacking wise without Cruiser. And that like at the end, they probably like it's, it's bend and break defense for them uh, against Bayern, in, in my opinion. So. Look at the Bayern side. I'm not sure I want a midfielder or def- like it's Lewandowski, but everyone else I don't feel as great about. Yeah. So uh, it's because of where players are slotted in position wise, uh, it's, it's Lewandowski for me and it's probably no one else. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's, um, you know, Bayern, again, we know that they're, they're, they can on any given day produce a, a ton of fantasy points, but uh, they're not showing it off right now. And that midfield slot with them is ever tricky because it, it still feels like, I mean, with Kimmich out especially, it really is Sane or Goretzka. Uh, Sane has the bigger upside than Goretzka, but uh, whether you can really trust either of those two players to play all three games between now and Christmas, I think is very, very unlikely. Um, and so as a result... Yeah, it really does seem to be um, Mr. Lewandowski um, and no one else in terms of value. Because, of course, you could pick, you know, someone, you know, like a Jerome Boateng who might play 
three of the games uh, at centre-back or Niklas Sula, but uh, they're not really going to offer you much fancy value at that point. So I think Flo has kind of covered all the bases there. Let's move on to the first of the two Sunday games because um, I think flexibility is not as much of an issue this weekend for a lot of people, Flo, but the Sunday games do uh, offer a bit of leverage. Uh, and the first one is Augsburg against Schalke, the, the Daniel Caligiuri derby, uh, as I'm going to call it now, uh, because he is Augsburg's <laughs> top scorer with four goals this season. Um, across his previous 11 Bundesliga campaigns, he has never scored this often after 10 matches. What Schalke would give for a player like Daniel Caligiuri right now. Um, but he does, he takes on his former side, uh, who have the words, uh, the league's worst defensive record, 31 goals conceded and just six scored. So worst defense, worst attack. And right now, Flo, I mentioned this uh, on air during the weekend on the Bundesliga's world feed, but no one wants to be the team that Schalke finally beat as an extra motivation source. How are you feeling about this game from a fantasy perspective, though? Yeah, I'm, I'm backing Augsburg now. Like, I'm, I'm done with thinking Schalke may be better than we think, because they aren't. Uh, if we're looking at the last five games, Schalke conceded 96 shots on their goal. That's by far the most of every Bundesliga club. The next team is Freiburg with 76. So it's it's not like... I, I thought maybe the, on the first match day, getting thrashed by Bayern would like have this uh, a bit watered, these stats, but it's not like... The last five games, Bayern isn't in it. And it's <laughs> actually games where afterwards... Schalke said, oh, we're, we're improving. And if you're looking at the stats, you're saying, no, it's, it's, it's just not happening. And that's why um, I'm, I'm backing Augsburg. Already talked about all the players you, you could think of. It's basically it's Iago and Caligiuri. Uh, like, if you want to be more differential than even Caligiuri, and I think Caligiuri is differential enough, I don't, I don't think you have to go another route, but... If you want to go, uh, Vargas is probably the, the guy who's viable as well. But I prefer um, Karijui just because they are priced so closely together. And set pieces. Set pieces is the edge there for Caligiuri because, yeah, Vargas is going to be heavily dependent on creating or finishing from open play, whereas Caligiuri at least has uh, set pieces in his back locker. Yeah, I think you've emphatically answered. We had a listener question here from Addy underscore Balaram. He said, this might sound crazy. Is this the week that Schalke could actually be worth investing in? He mentions uh, Chiao or Chipka in defense, Oot in attack. He says Augsburg don't seem all that great considering they've conceded in the last seven and have only managed one win. But I would agree. Um, with flow here but it's yeah. still worth backing but, Augsburg one thing Iago like is questionable I, I missed that actually he, did, yeah. he didn't play on the last match day no Udukai played at left back and Halich hopes that he's back so maybe going with Framberger I don't like him as much as Iago because like his attacking prowess is not as high um, but, but Framberger is also a, a cheap He's a cheap defender playing as a right back. Um, so he, he maybe is a safer pick there if we don't get confirmation. So 
Yeah, no, very yeah. fair point. And the good thing is, yes, their prices aren't that different, um, even if their upsides might be. Um, so a very good point to make. Okay, let's move on. Final game uh, is Leverkusen against Hoffenheim. Uh, I personally am someone that has four players from this fixture, and I'm looking to get rid of at least two of them. Hoffenheim lost 13 of their first 15 Bundesliga matches with Leverkusen, but they are unbeaten in eight of nine since. So this one could go either way. Both sides uh, will, of course, have been in action uh, during midweek in the Europa League later tonight um, which is why they're the Sunday night slot yeah but I think we can ignore that because they will rotate in the Europa League I yeah that's my expectation well, Hoffenheim so definitely I, because they've got their group win wrapped up Leverkusen might want to get the win tonight against Prague just to take the group win but the thing is Leverkusen right now I mean they've got uh, what like a lengthy injury list they can't rotate that much anyway they're just kind of picking and choosing when they bring in uh, the players so I, I agree with you I think we'll see rotation tonight and then the good thing is we'll know who's on the bench tonight that will hopefully give us a better indication of what Sunday might be like, right? So then I guess the question is, uh, as, as always with our final fixture, which players do you trust then to close out the match day flow? Um, Wurz, Kramaric, Baumgartner, Bailey. And if, you, if I wouldn't have Kramaric, I would bring in Bailey this week, I think. Because he's differential and like looking at it, like his stats are, is he, he's ready to blow, blow really off. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's sneaky and also a, a great value with 12.9 million. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm high on Bailey just because of I personally have Gromaric up front. I probably uh, will go another role. No, that's uh, that's fair enough. I I I'm still thinking of getting rid of Andre myself. Um, he, he's very much on the chopping block for me. But who knows? Things a lot of things can change between now. Now that yeah, we've I've got Cunha, so I oh. already have one transfer to make up front. Fair enough. So I probably won't be able to sell from Harwich. Okay, that does that does make sense. Okay, let's close out today's show then with our player picks. Uh, starting with the Vegas choice flow. Who have you got down? I'm going with Nkunku. I feel he could like maybe not enough people are willing to take the risk with him and if he plays he could like pay off big he could easily pretty easily be the highest scoring midfielder this week I, I like wouldn't shock me at all um, um but the risk of rotation is definitely real so um that's why he's my Vegas and not my banker I think that's a very good pick. Um, I was going to make a joke about picking Danny Olmo just to confuse things, but no, I haven't actually gone uh, with the opposite side of the Nkunku Olmo debate. No, I'm I'm not on the Nkunku bandwagon. I, I think Olmo, like Nkunku, uh, has shown that right now he's probably in better shape than Olmo is, and and like that's my take from recent performances. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's better better shape, but I still feel like Nagelsmann... I just get that impression Nagelsmann's, uh, Nagelsmann still prefers Olmo, which is my only concern there with Nkunku. But you are so right. That's why he's a great Vegas choice this week, because he could score upwards of 20 points uh, on his own this weekend if he wanted to, if he starts against Bremen. Um, I dipped into a different market. I went for Andre Duda. I like him as a Vegas choice this week. It is a one-and-done because of that game against Leverkusen in midweek, but the out-of-position lure of Andre Duda um, away to Mainz who, yeah, okay, they've improved recently, but haven't been in great sparkling form at the back either. I think Duda could uh, score big this weekend for Köln. How about your super Schnepchen flow? Oh, there's something I forgot to mention. Uh, I think we have to give credit to Alexander Hack because he's, he's back in the starting lineup for Mainz. Uh, I, I just think, like, 
guys who are following uh, us a bit longer know that Alexander <laughs> Hack will always have a special place in our heart as fantasy uh, fantasy value. So if you if you want to go down memory lane, I, I think you can even. I, I'm just checking how his price tag is this year. It's three point two million. Yeah, you can go with Alexander Hack just for old times' sake. Um, but now I got that out of the way. Is Irimidim uh, Demirovic for six point nine million? That's actually really really cheap for a striker, and I feel pretty good about him. So yeah, if if value was tighter. I'd love to jump on Demirovic, and maybe I'm I'm actually doing it. Uh, I'm bringing him in. in. I, I definitely can see me doing that. Oh, very, very interesting. Uh, that certainly would be differential central. Um, okay, my super schnepchen, I, I took a bit of the easy road out. I have gone with Iago or Framberger. Both cost you under 6 million. Both get you into that Augsburg back line for a visit of Schalke uh, and a bit more flexibility in your back line as well, which might be valuable this week. Uh, how about your banker then, Flo? I'm going with Jane Sancho. Uh, like it's it's a it's a game Dortmund has to win, and I expect that that Sancho will show up in a big way here. So he's my banker. Yeah, my banker is the man that right now, if I do take Andre Kramrich out of my side, he's the man that will replace him, um, or is at least at the top of the ship, uh, shopping list, and that is uh, Yusuf Palsen. Uh, he does come with a slight element of risk, given the fact that he hasn't been a regular starter, let's say, uh, but I do feel like the rotation uh, roundabout could swing his way this weekend, and I just prefer him to Nkunku because I think there's a little more uh, of a safety net with him. So that is why Yusuf Palsen is my banker uh, and might be in my front line this weekend yeah. if Kramerich does come out. He, he was actually the first guy on my mind, but you already had slotted his name down. So <laughs> a bit behind the curtains there. That's why I went with Sancho. Um, Paulson, like, I'm, I'm, I'm endorsing uh, your message there. James. I, I, I appreciate that, Flo. Yeah. I, you, when messages come with your endorsement, they normally yeah. carry a little bit more weight on the show, if we're yeah. being honest. But okay, uh, I am Florian and Reineke, and I'm endorsing yeah. this match, message. <laughs> uh, Fußball, uh, fantasy Fußball got. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, ladies and gents, on that note, uh, we will bring uh, this episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy to an end. Uh, we are not sure... I think it's probably fair to say whether we'll be able to get out another episode before the end of the year. We might try and sneak a, a quick win in on Thursday, but we haven't discussed that yet. So we're just giving you a forewarning now. If that isn't the case and that doesn't happen, uh, of course, now seems like an appropriate time to, to say, uh, happy holidays and, uh, you know, happy new year as well. Uh, when it rolls around, we will be back early in 2021 because, uh, the first match day is on the 2nd of January. Uh, so we will be back in 20. 20 James there's no like the the match day starts on the 2nd of January so wait I was going to say are we going to be recording recording hungover on New Year is that is that the plan no I guess we we (laughs) should do it before that so we do it drunk on New Year's Eve shall we instead oh before that before that (laughs) on the like we 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 work something out. We will work something out. At the very least, yeah. you will hear from us again in 2021. But you yeah, might my, be lucky my, enough in 2020. My big project, which is stealing a lot of hours, will be finished hopefully by then. So I'll I'll let you guys know when when it's, it's when it's like time to 
pull that off. I'm uh, pretty excited. I, I, I'm excited for you to let the Talking Fools Bar listeners know because I think there'll be a fair few that might cop a copy and I'm not giving anything away just yet. But uh, no, Flo has some very big things on the horizon for 2021. Very exciting stuff. Um, it's meant that the, the, the show's been interrupted a couple of times by phone calls, but it's it's been for the best cause, in my opinion. So it's been it's been a good thing to happen. Uh, so yeah, it's been uh, a, a great year. Um, we wish you happy holidays if, we don't, if you don't hear from us again this year. Good luck with the last three match days. It's going to be uh, a wild and wonderful uh, set of fixtures to close out the year. Uh, but from us here at Talking Foosball, happy holidays. Uh, give us a like uh, on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't yet joined the Talking Foosball Fantasy League. For now, from me and the rest of the crew, Alfie is in. Alfie is in. Thank you.